It's always this time of day. It's the same thing happened yesterday when we started chatting to um, the Moritori team. The sun just hits the worst spot on my um, uh, quotation office. <laughs> <laughs> and I get like a line of sun if I sit in a certain place just reflecting onto my face. Um, and it also, whatever lighting I decide to do, it always looks a bit, I always just look drained because it's just unplanned for lighting. Um, <laughs> and I'm not wearing any any makeup as I would be if I were on set. So, ugh. and it's really hot as well. <laughs> so yeah. it's a bit stuffy because obviously for sound purposes, I've had to close my window. And, um, oh, hello, by the way, everyone. Can come in chat. Uh, I've had to close my window, so I'm feeling it a little. Um, but yes, enough of that. Um, how are you today, Adam? I'm all right. How are you? Um, I well, a little hot, but yeah. <laughs> In general, <laughs> and, quite good. General, and you've just good. let out a, a teaser about a future podcast. Yes. Ah, so look out for that uh, <laughs> coming soon. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Spoiler alert, right? But. Um, yeah, that's one coming, and that's a really good one. Um, very, if you're really into, oh, I don't, don't want to go into too much detail, but if you're really into kind of art and film, like similar to when we spoke to uh, Noemi um, all those months ago um, about the bird room, like just very much that kind of vibe. Um, so look out for that one. Um, one Wait. that you probably are going to regret not having been there for, but you'll be able to listen to it back, Adam. So that was way back in episode six when we spoke to yes. Naomi Dersel. Yes, yes, ages ago now. But at the same time, fond memories of that chat because it's um, very much uh, stands out in your mind, doesn't it, what she what she spoke about. And that film. Yes, yeah, for sure, for, but, sure, for sure. But this week we're talking about a different film. Yeah, uh, yes we are. <laughs> another very good film. Yeah, yeah, very different, very different film, and that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Um, yeah, very different, but also, um, it kind of uh, like a twist on what on the on traditional. Uh, we'll get into it. Obviously, you'll, it'll become clearer. Um, I guess before we, we go on to that, like, have you, have you been watching anything interesting in your uh, in, you know, inside activity? <laughs> Um, I uh, watched a fairly old film recently um, that I've been meaning to watch for a while. It's one of uh, Ryan Gosling's earlier ones from uh, 2007, I think, uh, mm -hmm. called Lars and the Real Girl. Mm -hmm. And I very much enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. What what genre is... I've not seen that one. Is that uh, comedy? Um, it's... Uh, yeah, comedy drama. Yeah, it's not uh, well, not so much comedy, more drama. But um, but it was funny in places mm. um, and uh, emotional in places, mm. um, and uh, just shows how good of an actor Ryan Gosling is. I think. Mm. Yeah, um, I think uh, a lot of uh, you know his his um, multiple talents go a little unspoken because he's. Like obviously, we know that he's a, he's a talented um, actor for sure. Um, but we both like his um, his first directed film, uh, Lost Rivers. Lost River. Lost River. Yeah, 
yeah. written, uh, directed, produced yeah. by. I think some yeah. of it was shot by him as well. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just hope that like people don't think, oh, he's just a rom-com guy or or whatever, because that's yeah. not him at all. I, mean, I know he's been in a lot of things, and I, I don't think people think that way anymore about him. But I don't think he's been in. I don't, I don't think he's been in many rom-coms, really. Well, he's got like Crazy Stupid Love, The Notebook, which are the two main yeah. ones, and they're very popular rom-coms. But uh, like for the general audience, like obviously he's been in like Blade Runner twenty forty nine uh, recently, and The Nice Guys is a great one with him. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, just a lot. Like he can hit every single aspect, yeah. of, you know, genre-wise. So he's well. This was obviously this, this was uh, quite a while ago um so it would have been would that have been before the notebook and crazy stupid love before crazy stupid love uh probably before the notebook or at least around that time anyway mm. um i can't rather really know when that came out i've only seen it once and that was almost begrudgingly but i enjoyed it <laughs> i enjoyed it to a degree <laughs> like it's well made i can see why it stood out as a film um to a lot of people but yeah, he's a talented guy. Is that is the gauze? Yeah. <laughs> One of the many talented Ryan's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Seacrest. He's another talented Ryan in the world. Um, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Um, Any more? No, that's all the Ryan's. We've, uh, we've <laughs> ticked them all off. The of the world. <laughs> um, talented Ryan's. No, that's not true at all. Um, I know a friend called Ryan, if you're listening, Ryan. Um, hello. Um, is he talented? Yeah, he's a very talented barman. He's uh, honestly, if you want your cellar well kept, he's the guy. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure that'll uh, be of use to a lot of people listening. To be, yeah, honestly. <laughs> he, it's, it's such a shame because he has he has got, I don't know, this is such a, um, such a off topic, um, but he's um, obviously in this uh in this um unfortunate situation with the lockdown and everything and obviously pubs in the uk closing he's he's not out of a of a job anywhere but he is out of a job doing what he's really good at and there is no way of really at the minute like keeping up with that so it's a shame because he, he he is a very talented guy and um it's a hard skill, actually, keeping a, a cellar and your beers and drinks maintained. So, shame. Shame. What have you been watching? Um, I watched a film which every few years I always catch on TV. Uh, Me, myself, and Irene. If you've seen that, Jim Carrey. Yep. Uh, prime Jim Carrey back in <laughs> in two thousand. Um, I just it's just a very, very good Jim Carrey film. Um, one of uh, and very good, like Renee Zellweger, one of her, you know, seeing her career, like speaking of actors and their, you know, multiple, multiple talents. Um, obviously, Jim Carrey is a very talented guy, but that that hits him perfectly. But Renee Zellweger is really good in it as well. Um, she brings the comedy as well as the nice, um, well-acted charm that she can bring too. Um, but it's just so, so funny and out there and um, just... Just a nice story as well. Um, yeah, really love that film. Of course, uh, Jim Carrey, one of the talented Jims. Yes. One of the many talented Jims. Very many talented Jims. Uh, what's, do you have a, a, a favourite Jim? 
Uh, Jim Carrey. Is, is it pure Jim or VJ? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're Jim Carrey. Yeah, I mean, but obviously we other than him, so we can um, out to Jims in the world. Yeah, is there any more Jims? Um, I mean, are we opening that up to James? Because James and James Jim. Oh yeah, James Stewart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Talented Jim. Talented Jim, going back a, a few years. Um, a pilot turned actor. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, quite quite an interesting story that. Um, mm. But we're not here for interesting stories no, from no, us we're two. Not. Let's not get onto too many. We're here, we're here from interesting stories from uh-huh. today's guest. Yes. yes, that was a good link, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it might be uh, made redundant after I said that's a good link. But, well, uh, who is it? Well, um, it's this. This well, this one's very kind of. I guess you could say something very different to what we've had before. Um, it, it is a, it is a team, um, but this one in particular is a uh, father-son team. So we have um, Tom and Julian Krauser, um, who are father and son, respectively. And they are speaking today about their film, Deadly Promises, um, which won um, Best uh, Hair and Makeup and Best Ensemble Cast at our, uh, was it March, April? March, yeah. April. Bi-monthly awards. Was um, it March, and... April? Yeah, March, yeah. April. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and this, yeah, I think what, um, what really struck me when speaking to these guys um, was just they are inc- and you'll find this out you're, they're incredibly nice and um supportive and they they were very respectful you know talking to us um but also very knowledgeable and they they um it, they're the sort of team which really take their project and really understand how important it is to respect every segment of it um because they know that they're creating opportunities for people. It's a very big cast, uh, very large crew, um, and I, it's just really nice to see some good, honest filmmaking with a very traditional kind of uh, American town tale with a with a dark twist, which is really nice. And yeah, they're both great guys. Yeah, and uh, and just one of the things that they say uh, just really stands out where if if we are summing up the film like this you can't um you can't get better than saying what they said about uh, how like if it wasn't good enough they'd do it again or they yeah. uh, they really had an emphasis on making sure that what they were doing was yeah. of the highest quality, and I think that's just really illustrative of um, what how the film comes across. It just looks like such a professional yeah. uh, does, feature yeah. film, and yeah. like yeah, and some of the people involved, uh, I believe it was their first uh, feature film that they'd worked on, and um, you really wouldn't tell from um, from watching it that it was. Yeah. 
the first mm. kind of feature film. It was so mm. good quality. Um, yeah. And yeah, just yeah, yeah. A, a great film that wouldn't yeah. look out of place at the cinema, which I guess Not is the sure. whole the whole thing of making a feature film is that you want it to be Sell, at the cinema. Really. Yeah, yeah, so. And, uh, and yeah, receive a lot of, um, uh, well, receive as many uh, audiences as it can, and this one deserves it. So um, yeah, really good interview, and I really hope you enjoy it. Fantastic. Okay, well, why don't you both introduce yourselves? Um, tell tell everyone like a, a little bit about both of you, and then if you want to give a brief synopsis of your film, uh, just so we can set the context for everyone listening or watching. Certainly, Julian. Uh, I am Julian Krauser. I'm 16 years old. This is my dad, uh, Thomas Krauser Jr. Would you <laughs> like to introduce yourself, Dad? <laughs> Oh, how much fun are we having already? Yeah, so I am his father. That is true. Just like Darth Vader to Luke Skywalker, right? Yeah. Um, Anyway, Julian is the actor. I have done some acting, but throughout the years, uh, most of my experience has been around the realm of leadership development. I've done a series of online training videos and, and some private work for clients. But more than that, I was the actor mom, so to speak. A lot of the moms when we lived in California would take their actor kids around and, and that was me. I, w- I was that person taking Julian all over the place. And when we got out to California, we moved there, it was seven years ago. And for the short four years we were there, Julian gained a significant amount of acting experience. Yes. And just before we moved back to Colorado, which was a short three years ago, uh, within a very short period of time, Julian had gone from doing just independent projects and, and showing up to student films, just sort of crawling through the mud, so to speak. Uh-huh. He ended up getting an agent and it just went crazy. He mm-hmm. he did really well uh, in that realm as an actor. And I guess where we are today, uh, from where he was with doing voiceover work for Pixar and television commercials and print ads for HP, and even got to be in a feature film, Beautiful Boy, with Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. Wow. Uh, even from there, when we moved to Colorado, part of the reason this project sort of came together was because there isn't as much going on in the Colorado area mm-hmm. as there was in uh, the San Francisco Bay area. Mm-hmm. Um Brilliant. I mean, uh, speaking of San Francisco, just before we go ahead, now I think if I remember rightly, we've actually had a guest that you may know on our show. <laughs> uh, wait. Andrew so Chin, perhaps? Yeah, exactly. That's oh. the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was looking through um, doing a bit of research beforehand and I, and I spotted you uh, just having that as part of your credits. And I was like, Really? What? Whoa! Uh, what a small yeah, world, isn't crazy. it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's great to to. Um, it's that's great, isn't it? I I had the same similar experience today with uh, another guest that we've had on. I've actually worked with someone that they worked with. So it it that's this just it is this industry is just filled with small connections and things. It's brilliant to uh, to to see it everywhere. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. So um, would you like to give us a, because obviously the film that we're talking about today is uh, Deadly Promises, which you both were involved with. Um, do you want to give a brief, uh, just a summary of it, like what takes place? Um, obviously, if you want to avoid any spoilers, you can do. Uh, <laughs> but in your words, what, uh, you know, what the film's about? Sure. What, Julian, why don't you 
explain how the project came together in terms of the story. Why don't we start with that, and okay. then, then I can give a synopsis maybe of the story itself. Yeah, that sounds good. Right. Um, so originally there was this film called Better Late Than Dead where I got to play the role of Dylan, who was a red-masked serial killer kid who picked up his girlfriend on Halloween night and killed her parents because she couldn't go to a party. So just making things happen. And when we looked at it again, we saw huge potential for a new maybe horror series or at least a movie. And we thought, hey, maybe we can make this a mini series or small episodes, maybe describing and elaborating what's up with Dylan? Who is Megan? Who are these people? So originally we started out, we came up with story ideas and we reached out to a screenwriter, Sandy, who is really marvelous. And she put the pieces together and made this really cohesive, really nice story. And originally we planned on doing six 10 minute episodes or so. And it just became a feature film. So it really did. It it it, it yeah. built. Uh, mm -hmm. It expanded as we went along. We you know again from this short five minute, just scary thriller film, that Julian for the first time got to play the role of this scary character that mm -hmm. he brought to life in such a way. We were we were asking those questions. Well, in this moment, like what happens before that moment uh -huh. in that short film you know how does how does dylan get that way and what happens uh -huh. after when he does take her to the party and that's where the story concepts that julian and i created for probably about three months we went through yes. ideating and creating concepts and then from there we did we engaged with sandy to turn all of our mm -hmm. story concepts into the script itself and it did go through a few phases where we were starting with, well, let's make a long, short film. And then it was, let's make it into episodes. And as soon as we really got the cast together, the cast and crew total about 76 individuals plus one dog. And, <laughs> and when you put, when we were filming the first, literally the first two weeks of filming or weekends, I should say, of filming, it was so special it was so wonderful it was coming together so well we just felt like there's something bigger and better here and, and that's where it turned into what ultimately is a feature film and it's a it's an interesting story for anyone who um is is interested in seeing it it it's a suspense thriller it's not as much horror like blood and guts right we kind of minimize the blood and guts and we ramp up the suspense piece but it's extremely creative i think in in the end result in where we are today and i am thankful to both of you we both are very thankful for mm -hmm. the award of best ensemble cast as well as the award of best makeup um, we've been very blessed with just a, an incredible ride the last couple of months with mm -hmm. numerous fest, film festival wins and awards, and we're just sort of uh, on cloud nine right now. <laughs> well, I think that's um, what impressed us massively is that um, just the sheer size of the, the cast that you did have and how it all came together and how it all fitted as part of the narrative. And then, but you were able to focus in on telling this story that you wanted to tell in, in this very, you know, very standard, typical town. It could happen. Like, who knows? This could be happening anywhere and you don't know, but it's that sort of normal um it's a very much a, a picture that we have like the kind of of the, the standard the typical american town um which has that very normal go to high school and everything it's very very um traditional 
but with that twist, which was really, really nice and brought brought out really nicely by the cast and obviously all the effects and all the hard work that you guys did. So, yeah, we were very impressed. Very impressed. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, we were very uh, fortunate to have the resources that we had to bring together for the film because, again, this still was a fairly low-budget film when all was it said was, and done. Yes. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. talking about approximately 50000 U.S. dollars for a feature film that includes so many different components, so many different scenes, locations, mm-hmm. sets, wardrobe. Yeah. Uh, I think we got a lot of high value and high quality uh, out of the you know resources we did have. My favorite probably was that 1977 10th anniversary edition Pontiac Trans Am Firebird, I must say. Yes. <laughs> that that was a special yeah. car to drive. Um, I was the mass driver, just, you know, that's a secret, but that was me. I got to drive it around, but uh, we had a lot of fun. And, you know, part of it, I think, is the comedy. The, the, the crew, and um, not only were they fun behind the scenes, you know, between the camera and the gaff and the lighting and, 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 and all the stuff that was going on, but the cast really, their comedy, um, the character of Travis, he, you know, a lot of what happened was we sort of said, here's basically what we're thinking for this role. Here are a couple of ideas of, line of, of the lines. He would take them. It's Braden Wilson. He would take mm-hmm. the lines and just come up with this stuff that's just genius, you know, that yeah. is just hilarious. So you get a whole kaleidoscope of flavors, right? It's not just a suspense and scary and, oh my gosh, what's going to happen the whole time. I mean, it's like you said, uh-huh. it's real world. We didn't want it to be cheesy, mm-hmm. but you know, there's humor, there, there's good and bad. There's, you know, you've got the, the bully, the jock, you've got, sure. yeah. you know, the cheerleaders, yeah. you've got yeah. the character mm-hmm. that, that they're both going yeah. at. You've got the good kid and the bad kid. And there are just so many components to it that we really enjoyed, but yeah. I'm so proud. I got to tell you, as a father-son project, oh, yes. it's it's something that I can't, could not be more proud of Julian here for the character that he brought to life in in a couple different ways, as you guys know. Uh, uh-huh. it, it's just so much, so beyond what I ever expected. I mean, I, I knew he was a pretty good actor, but boy, oh boy, I think we got the right people for the right the right characters, you know, Uh and it really shows that it doesn't matter where you are. You don't have to be in Los Angeles. You don't have to be, you know, in, in maybe London proper or, or New York city, or a lot of these areas that, that are, you know, the Hollywood type locations, you can be anywhere. We can be in Colorado and create something amazing. The Mm -hmm. talent that is here, you know, it's just incredible. So I do have to say, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this guy for all of the hours that he put in and the way that he brought that character to life. Thank you. Oh, that's really good to hear. I think as well from, uh, from my point of view, the visuals were very good as well, very polished. A lot, like you say, for the low budget nature of it, it doesn't look low budget so uh, which can sometimes be the case on uh, like a um a lower budget film it still looked good good quality and everything um so i think you really managed to pull that off well uh and we should have probably said at the start um me and mark are both filmmakers as well uh yeah. mark is a writer um and actor and i'm a cinematographer so uh we kind of pick up on those parts um and i think like you say with the acting and the the visuals both of our kind of key roles um we could see how how good quality it was in your film yeah thank you thank you 
that was a focus. I think from the beginning, you have to have the right people, number one. Mm-hmm. You know, equipment, whatever you're shooting on, obviously that's important. But if you have the right talent who knows how to get the right angles, you have the right talent that can bring those characters to life. I think throughout just my own personal life and experience, no matter what I've done, it's always about the highest quality possible, right? And I think one of the sad things that I have observed are filmmakers who settle for good enough. And there are many times that we went back and reshot scenes because honestly, it, it was almost there, but it just wasn't great. And, and we really focused on that attention to detail. Sometimes just the smallest little pieces, it's worth it to reshoot or to expand a scene or to do something to make sure that it comes across and, and the audience gets it and it helps feed that thrill and that emotion. So to me, I think doing this project that again started off with just this is this little father-son project that became something greater. Now it's an opportunity to showcase and shine the light on Colorado-based talent mm-hmm. to, hey, we're going to make this a feature film. The whole process was always about no matter what, we don't sacrifice the quality. And, and to me, that, yeah. that speaks volumes. Uh-huh. So how, yes. how long were you uh, from the point where it left solely you, your two minds and when Sandy got involved how how long did it take to get from there to a finished film? How long were you in production and post-production and everything? Yeah, great question. So we started, Julian and I started, well, Tolian Productions is sort of the name we came up with, mm-hmm. and that was uh, at Christmas time the year prior. It's mm-hmm. Tom, Julian, Tolian. That's how yeah. we came up with it. <laughs> and so we started there with this idea and this concept, and, and ideating the story was over the following roughly three months, January, February, March. Mm-hmm. We finally knew we had enough of a full story structure to start turning it into a screenplay, and that was roughly around April when we engaged with Sandy. And by the middle of May, within basically a month, she had created sort of our core script. But at that time, it was created in episodes. At the time, it was six different episodes. And over the next couple of months, basically June and July, we went from doing all of our casting to taking that script to to turning the script into the starting to make that into the feature film version as opposed to episodic. Uh, scenes and scripts and at that point I think it just grew and grew because we were filming from the very beginning the very first weekend in August of last year 2019 and it was every weekend pretty much for about three two and a half to three months Mm -hmm. as we got to what we would consider at the end of October would be our initial rough cut which was about a one-hour version of the film Mm -hmm. We were able to all, again, collaboration was just a huge part of this. So between mm-hmm. Julian between and yes. Sandy and myself, the three of us continued to build on each other's ideas. And when we saw what film we had in place at the end of October, we said, okay, where are the gaps? Which characters need to have a little bit more development? You know, do we need to see them a little bit more? The whole high school, you know, when, when Travis goes into the high school and he's walking down the, ha- the hallway, that wasn't film until December that was one of those we need to we need to get more of Travis you know the interaction with the principal in the hallway and 
Um, so, so we did that. So we were able to work with each other and build that over the next roughly two, three months. And we had uh, filmed a couple more scenes in January, one more scene in February. And that's ultimately where we came up with uh, what we considered to be our, our 99.9% finished feature film. Excellent. Uh, that's interesting because uh, we also started shooting in August um, for <laughs> for a film that we uh, that that we've been working on that is only a short, um, and we're only just finishing off now. Uh, but, <laughs> yes. but, uh, but that's because we yeah. shot it in three different sections for three different parts, um, and they needed to be done at, at different points. And we had kind of like. Uh, um, Probably a smaller crew than you are, I'm guessing, um, and uh, and we, I don't know, we just spaced out for a number of different reasons. So yeah. we we finished shooting um, in January, and uh, and and we're just kind of like tidying that up now as well. So uh, to hear that you've done, you started your feature at the same time as us. Um, makes me a bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be jealous because we didn't get to sleep for about six months. So at least you got to sleep. That's very true. That's very true. I mean, I, was there anything that was particularly challenging? Obviously, you've mentioned the lack of sleep, but was there anything, um, any particular things that you, if you were going forward to do another feature film, that you would try and avoid um, or, or maybe even things that went really well and you were really proud of? Sure. Well, uh, I think that overall something that really went well is there were not really any creative differences or arguments on set. Everyone was on the same page. They were each bringing their own vision, but it all kind of came together so seamlessly. It's like almost no problems happened. And I noticed a lot of at least new news articles I read that this happens on set and these two actors hated each other, but everyone on our set got along so well and... I think that's something that is really great, and I'd love yeah. to for that to happen if a potential sequel or a different movie was made. Yeah, for sure. Our our director was wonderful. Uh, mm -hmm. This is Joe's Joe Ramos. It was his first feature film that he had directed, although he had done numerous shorts and a lot of TV network mm -hmm. um, programs. I think we always complimented each other and, and we did have a variety of different personalities mm. where Joe as our director was very thoughtful. You know, mm -hmm. I, I would be bouncing off, well, what about this? What about this? Why don't we do it this way? And of course, Joe was the calm, cool, collective one that he would just, he'd kind of say, hmm, and he would think about it. And, you know, many times I would have an idea that we implemented that worked really well. Other times he would have an idea, like you might remember the the when two of the characters were going around that cage, right? You've got that mm. whoosh, whoosh, yes. right? Yeah. Really yeah. cool, really well done. That was something that Joe came up with. I think it was very complimentary to everyone's insights. Some of the mm. actors, you know, in the moment would say, would it be okay if I did it this way or this way? And we empowered everyone with the creative freedom to, you know, here's sort of our framework of what we'd like to accomplish, but make it your own. If there's something you need to dial up, I think giving that flexibility, that, that allowing and empowering the creativity 
for the cast and for the crew and for the way that they do the lighting here or there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of that was very collaborative. Like Julian said, we really didn't have what you would say. (laughs) There definitely were no fistfights. And I do hear, you know, directors throwing scripts across the, Mm -hmm. you know, the floor. And and it was very nice to have such a great, harmonious production. Fantastic. I mean, that's always what you want to hear, isn't it? And I think if um, it's the worst, one of one of the worst parts about the industry is the potential for creative differences. And I I think in many ways, it's for good reasons. Everyone wants the best for a project. But when it gets to a point where it's just whether it's just too much of a divide, things can happen, unfortunately. So it's yeah, it's it's great to hear that, you know, that didn't happen. Um, And I I suppose then that allowed everybody to explore their own specialisms in the best way. So, for example, you, Julian, like you were able to I mean, I know you 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 were um, this was in your mind from from the very start. But you developing your character, I mean, were you able to explore it a lot on set? I mean, how much did you do beforehand? And then how much were you able to experiment, you know, when you were in production and sort of help to develop uh, the great character that you you did uh, end up portraying? Well, beforehand, as we were writing the script and figuring it out, I was thinking through the arc we had created mm-hmm. and... I looked to other performances for inspiration, such as uh, James McAvoy McAvoy in Split, because Uh he really brings to life every single character he portrays. And they're so different from one another. And I really like I looked up to that and I studied a lot about um, just mental issues and things that happen in the brain. And I studied and I practiced different voices for um, I'm not going to go into spoiler territory, but I uh, <laughs> I tried yeah. some new things out. That's what I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a well, good way of putting it. And I'll also say, not only that, you know, I referenced how we had such good harmony with the crew, you know, working together, the DP and the director, the producer, how we all sort of worked and, and lifted each other up. I would say part of the reason that you found um, this worthy of the Best Ensemble Cast Award was partly because the the connection that these actors had. Isabella mm-hmm. Salazar playing Megan, she brought that character to life. Mm-hmm. Braden, as I mentioned earlier, Braden Wilson playing Travis. Also Uncle Max, right? So this mm-hmm. is uh, M.J. Wolf. Now M.J. Wolf was a Hollywood actor. He's mm-hmm. had small roles in large films, so he was in Collateral with Tom Cruise. He had he played in the flashback scene in The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio. You might remember Cary Grant. That flashback scene that was M.J. Wolf. Uh-huh. Uh, he also had lines with Brad Pitt. I think he played the bartender in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So you have everyone from people who have never been on a set mm-hmm. to people that were rock star professionals. And the harmony, though, just that connection, the way they played off each other was really, really great. The other thing I'll say is you did ask, was there something you'll do differently next time? Like, was there a learning? And I would say one clear learning we had was the first two weekends of filming. So probably our first four, four and a half shoot days, we were using a single camera and we would shoot from a variety of angles. We had a black magic um, that our DP was using and it was great. But when we added that second 
and Alex, uh, that was Ian Brander was our DP, and Alex Fall was on set. Uh, he was part of the crew, and he became sort of the co-DP, and we started using his equipment as well to get multiple, you know, shoot both cameras on a variety of scenes. That's something that I wish we would have done from the start because it really made the rest of it go so, so well. And from an efficiency standpoint, you know, you can do a lot of the cross uh, see, you know, you can cross film scenes and, and you can pick up a lot of establishing shots. And, and that's probably something I would recommend that if filmmakers out there have a pretty big project and you want to get some really great shots, do some, you know, cross footage uh, at the same time. Instead of reshooting the same scene from multiple angles with the same camera, you can really go a long way uh, when you do it with two cameras simultaneously. Very good advice. Very good, actually. And it's one of those um, tips or um, you know time-saving methods which you can only really find when you're actually there doing it um, and exploring with the options that you have available to you. Obviously, if you have the budget, you would have you know you'd have all the options available to you. But you're working with what you have and using it to the most efficient way is key, I think, to to really make that quality show, um, which it did in your film. And yeah, uh, just really, really good job. Really good job. Um, so, I mean, did you, um, what, what's the plans then for, for the film now? So you've mentioned that maybe, maybe, maybe a sequel or maybe something similar. Do, do you have anything that you would like to go forward with it, with the same premise? Uh, you know, anything that you could say, obviously keeping everything under wraps maybe, or. I think it's a hybrid, honestly, Mark. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So our answer is, is, you know, right now we are, this is obviously a Halloween themed movie. So you have a very short time window where you're going to, it's really going to be popular. So September, October, that's really the sweet spot. Unfortunately, due to the COVID global pandemic, sure. a lot of the distributors are finding it hard to get um, basically distribution for theatrical releases, which is ultimately what everyone would probably shoot for. And although we were under consideration from a pretty decently sized uh, distri distribution uh, company, the timing is really off. So I, th I think the reality of what we're looking at is this is most likely, unless something dramatic happens and theaters start opening pretty quickly, um, the most realistic assumption is that we will be releasing on video on demand, uh, most likely on sort of like Amazon Prime and Hulu and, and, and that. So stay tuned for that. I think mm -hmm. the success of the distribution and how that gets out there uh, once we get to September, late September, the, the release date is set for September 25th. It will be available no matter what, mm -hmm. iTunes okay. and, yes. you know, Amazon. Yeah. It, it, it is going to be available, but on what platforms is still yet to be determined. Uh -huh. The success of that will help determine whether or not we go ahead and produce Chapter 2 and Chapter yeah. 3. <laughs> okay. You know, we have our concepts yeah. for a trilogy. Mm -hmm. So we have Deadly Promises. Part 2 would be Deadlier Promises. Part 3 would be Deadliest Promises. Excellent. But Excellent. Uh, we'll yeah. see how we'll see where it goes from here. Um, yeah. Don't want to spoil the ending. You guys know the ending. You know uh, it, yeah. it kind of leaves yeah. dot, dot, dot. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, what yeah. else? What's next? So we, we intentionally did that so that we would have space to be able to follow up. Mm -hmm. 
Perfect. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, just a question on that. How much work did you do in pre-production to plan ahead? I mean, obviously no one could have foreseen what has happened with, you know, being with, with the, the COVID situation. But did you have um, a very set plan as to what you wanted to achieve? Or was it all kind of... Well, let's just see how we're going, see what comes up, see what kind of film that we end up with, and then go from there. Or was there a uh, a pretty uh, solid plan that you had from the beginning? I would not say. What do you think? I don't think we had a solid plan <laughs> oh, at all I think for what this would look like. I think it's okay. a mix. Um, sure. We had a, pl- a relative plan, but we did also go with the flow and we saw what would happen. What kind of scenes could we do with this or... We just saw what happened. We saw if there was potential. We had a plan. And we kept changing it. And we kept changing it. And we kept changing it. It went well, I say. (laughs) Yeah, it did go really well. And, you know, originally, again, back to the Mm -hmm. father-son project, this was simply something where I, I, I thought to myself... You know, we're in Colorado. We we don't have as many large productions that happen here. There is a lot of talent. And as a, again, initially a father-son project, Julian and I, like like you mentioned earlier, Ghost in the Gun, which was a fabulous production. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was approximately four years ago, I believe. We were driving two hours at 5.30 in the morning to get to Hollister, yeah. California, just to be in the scene in this, you know, in that, in that uh, ghost town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was before Julian had even turned professional. Mm -hmm. And you learn lots and lots and lots. The more you do, the more sets you're on from student sets to Mm -hmm. full-blown professional, like Beautiful Boy, for example, you know, the full-on top-notch sets. As somebody that's on set, sometimes participating, sometimes not, but you get a sense of what good looks like. And it doesn't matter the size of the production. There are qualities that you can pick up from each of those. And I think what we did was starting out with a father-son project, learning a lot of what would we do if we were doing our own Mm. movie. You know, a Mm. year before this, We, if you said you're going to produce your own film, you guys are going to create a feature film, I'd be like, you're crazy. Come on. (laughs) But learning everything that we did along the way and seeing the possibilities, that's sort of where it started. And I said, okay, you know, there's this short film. Julian takes this character. He brings it to life. There's got to be more to it. Uh, A couple months later, we purchased the rights to that film, which is then where we started with that story, and it grew from there, and it went on from becoming, like I said, the, the, the idea for a long, short film to episodes to the feature film. But it kept going on this platform where, I don't know, I just felt really empowered. Um, a lot of prayer went into it because, you know, you got to have some strong faith when it comes to these kinds of projects. You need all the help mm-hmm. you can get. And the man upstairs really put his fingerprints on it and really enabled us to, I think, guide or, I don't know, maybe be inspired to take it in a direction that this isn't a way, for example, where we're, we're, we're doing something that's honoring ourselves. And it's not necessarily honoring, you know, God, so to speak, but this is a movie that might reach people who are in dark places and give us a platform to bring love and light to them because bad things happen in this world. And this is a story about examples of bad things that happen in this world and mental struggles. And um, again, we tried to keep it, I think, realistic without it being too cheesy. 
again, real and fun, but, but there's a higher calling. You know, what started out as a father-son project turned into a platform to showcase Colorado-based talent, which turned into an even higher calling that mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like we have, this is just the beginning of a lot of great things in the future, I guess is how I'll sum that up. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a very good uh very good like message as well just just the same we, we we have felt the exact same thing like london is the place to be in in the uk it, it well traditionally it's the place to be and yes if you want to be on stage in a theater performing especially you know if you're an actor go to london definitely go uh, because there's so many great it's like being you know broadway and you know it's, it's the same um but we found that there are so many talented people and there's so many people, so many teams, you know, maybe not father and son, but just teams that want to make great films and share messages, share ideas, try things, experiment with things that maybe don't get the opportunities because they aren't in that bubble of tradition. Um, but I think as the world is more, dig- you know, it's more of a digital world, there's more opportunities with YouTube um, or Vimeo or all of these places where you can explore and, and and have people view your content, then why not? Why not just grab a camera? Absolutely. Try things. If father and son, whoever, friends, brother, sister, whoever, it doesn't matter who you're with, if you trust each other and you can collaborate, why not? Absolutely. And and Mark, that was part of the fun, too. We have some little secret things that are in there that are very personal, Uh including Julian's older brother Mm -hmm. is the tow truck driver, uh, his his younger sister and Mm -hmm. mom and my wife. We, you know, they were in there as well. They were part of the restaurant scene. And Uh I mean, we got to, you know, bring together family and friends also to be part of this project that made it just that much extra special. Yeah, and and fun. So I would definitely encourage the listeners and filmmakers out there to, you know, take advantage of the resources that you do have mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, you know, make it fun. You know, mm. quality, like I said earlier, is extremely important. That attention to detail, that's a big deal. But you got to have fun. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it right, that fun is going to be the adrenaline. It's just going to keep you going. And it's going to just make the whole experience better for everyone. Fantastic. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Well, just a final few questions. Um, cause obviously it's a beautiful day there. We don't want you to waste it. <laughs> if you can, you know, get outside. This is wonderful. Um, this is awesome. Well, Thank you. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure uh, speaking to you and obviously you two both, uh, sort of the, um, the relationship that you have as father and son is just, it's incredible to see. So, um, yeah, just, I mean, sort of breaking away from that slightly. So individually, I mean, your answer could be that you will, you are, intending to work together going forward but do you have individual goals within the film industry because obviously julian you're an actor is your goal to win an oscar one day or, or or whatever or you know is there something that you individually want to achieve um it doesn't have to be within a set time it could be you know in five years do you want to be on a you'd be a regular on a, on, on whatever or be in you know wherever you want to be is there something yeah something that you might want to achieve um Actually, that's a good a um, a dream I've had. Um, being uh-huh. on television, that's a really that's kind of cool. That's really interesting yeah. to me, <laughs> and yeah. it seems like a different experience. Like it gives you the opportunity to bring the character not just once 
or for these scenes, but for a whole series. Even if you're like a guest or a regular, whatever, you can bring your character to life. Sure. In however you want. I mean, same with film, but it's just a whole different platform. And I've also found uh, Nick for writing. And um, I really uh, like writing. It, yeah. I love, since as an actor, character arcs are really important to me. So I love writing yeah. about different characters or different people going yeah. through various things. You're going on yeah. this adventure and seeing how that turns out in my brain. And I love that. So, And writing roles for yourself as well. So th there's always acting opportunities for you because you're, ah, you're, you're making, making them. Yeah, pull well. Quentin Tarantino, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. And uh, what about you, Tommy? Like, is it something similar? Because like, obviously your specialisms are slightly different. I mean, is that something that you want to achieve or is it just to see Julian do really well? Um, or is it something that you personally want to achieve? Yeah, no, that, thanks for that question. I, I think that, you know, where we are in the here and now, my goal is, is primarily to help support Julian and his future film career, wherever that might go. Uh, it's much less about me, but I've also found that that's actually been a really good principle throughout my whole life whatever role I'm doing is the more you lift other people up, the more successful you are. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that <laughs> just in the past two months, I've received like four different scripts where people are wanting me to produce their film or help them, you know, get, yeah. get to the next level. So I think yeah. that, yeah, there's a knack there for me. I don't know if that would become my primary role, um, but, you know, time will tell. I just, I really love it. I've loved everything that we've done. It's enjoyable to get to win awards and it's enjoyable to see people's reaction when they watch your film and, you know, know that that's your project that comes to life, but you also can't help thinking about what's next and, and how can I help other people in this realm? So for me, I think it's probably wait and see. Let's see where this goes. Um, okay. yeah. I, I'm excited to help, but more, most importantly, I'm excited to get out to the Eastern Midlands of the UK and, and meet Adam and Mark and all your other friends. Yeah, very, fl very flattering. <laughs> um, so how can, how can people follow you, follow you then? So um, is it, because obviously the film's coming out hopefully soon and hopefully to uh, great success. But before that and after that, how can people follow you and stay, stay tuned with your careers? Sure. Well, you can follow Julian on Instagram. Yes, uh, the, mm -hmm. the Julian Krauser on instagram awesome. krauser is spelled like trouser at least here in the usa yeah, yeah. c-r-o-u-s-e-r -E uh you can find me on instagram tom film producer mm -hmm. and then our uh, again our production company it's it's under tolian productions t-o-l-i-a-n tolian productions on instagram or yes. tolian pro on facebook and that's where we continually post all the updates with film festivals, mm -hmm. awards, what's coming next, uh, where the film can be viewed. Just like uh, many of our film festivals out there are shifting to an online platform uh, mm -hmm. for a virtual experience over the next couple of months. I think you'll find it there uh, in a couple of places. And then again, we'll be having a live public release officially on September 25th. Yes. So one way or another, we really appreciate the support and the follows and really great to speak to both of you guys today. Yes, thank you thank again you so, much. so much. Likewise, it's been an absolute pleasure and a lot of great messages uh, from the both of you. And I hope you have great success going forward. 
Thank yeah, you. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing what, yeah. what comes up next. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, that was Tom and Julian Grosser. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to both of them because I they um, they were just great guests to have on. Um, and yeah, we always, I always find this with uh, guests from across the seas, especially ones that uh, are in America and have, uh, you know, you always think of America and LA and Hollywood as the, the homeland of cinema and everything. But it's, it's just not the case. It's just, if you take cinema from like, uh, is it like grass, could you call it grassroots filmmaking? Well, it is indie filmmaking. Just, there's a lot of shared shared tales and stories and as long as i think you can respect any film from wherever it's from um especially the ones that are outside of the the bubble the common bubbles and just say like if they if you put the effort in doesn't who cares where where it's you know it's just it's just a good good film and this one was and it's yeah there's been the whole reason why i'm doing this and i know it's sort of going on about it again but it is the whole reason we're just trying to promote and open the doors to as many different films from the many different parts of the world as we can yep and just uh, it, it just makes you realize how small the world and the industry is that they're uh, that some of the issues that they're coming up against are some of the issues yep. that and we are right as well across the world yeah, yeah. Exactly. and hopefully uh, that anyone that's listening can hear kind of see similarities in the way that they're working and the way that um the way that tom and julian are working because it's uh i I just think it helps loads to know um that you're not kind of you're not fighting your way into the industry Mm. on your own with no support or anything you Mm. um everyone's doing the same thing uh, so mm. like you say that's why we do the podcast to um to to talk about these kind of things and like hopefully demystify it a bit and um mm. and yeah just like create a bit of a community around mm. um around yeah. independent film making yeah. um, which is uh, just just a good point actually just um if there are any listeners viewers that are watching and listening um this must be a better way of saying that um, <laughs> uh, if there's anything that doesn't make sense because we, we you know we're, we're filmmakers me and adam and al and you know, we can talk about things and they make sense to us like a lot of the base at least the basics make sense to us if there, if there is anything at all which just doesn't make sense or if they if you want more information about that even if like I mean, there's a lot of content on YouTube, like just how to make a film, for example. But if there's anything that you, you think is worth us talking about, exploring, like the, we might talk about it in the future. Like, just let us know if there's anything that is a bit confusing or wants clearing up. Like, we're, we're by no means experts. There are so many things that we haven't, like, looked into and, and had the opportunity to, to experiment with. But we can at least provide um, uh, the you we know, can ask people that do exactly. We can either ask people to do, or we can give our experiences related to something. So there's always that opportunity for you there. Always. Yeah, and we will. Uh, we've got some episodes in the pipeline um, where we are having a bit more of a free discussion, so we can tackle 
topics that people send in. Um, yeah. And now we're starting to um, to be able to ask uh, or seek out um, people, winners of the festival that have uh, that are actors that we can ask questions mm. that you've got about acting mm. too or cinematographers yeah. and we want to have like deep dives yeah. into these yeah. kind of topics so yeah. if yeah, for sure. if you've got something um, I know mm. in the past it's been hard to get in contact because you don't know what film's coming up and everything um, mm. but if you've got just a, a, a topic that you want us to talk about then we're all is if you want to um if you want to mm. contact us about it uh, on any of the platforms message us mm -hmm. uh pen and paper if you want to get to mark obviously but letter <laughs> yeah uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh dear that'd be so cool though wouldn't it if we had um if we had sealed envelopes as well that we could stamp our logo on would that be, would, come on like would Dude. that cooler than sending like a, a message on Facebook. It might be co cooler, but um, it, it would be slower. Very well, slow. <laughs> if they sent it first class, you know, if you're in the UK, I mean, within two days, probably you're looking at, so that's not that slow, Adam. Just, just mm, big enough well, the pen and paper, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, probably stick to digital methods for the time being, unless you've got a fast pigeon. A fast pigeon. Now, come on, Adam, don't be silly. You can at least make use of the postman or a woman or post officer. Uh, yeah. Post anyway. officer. <laughs> Is that what they're called? I don't know. Well, I mean, in this day and age, I mean, the post posties are incredibly important to everyone. So they deserve to have some raising status, I believe. Yeah. So, an officer of the post. Yeah, they should get other um, other responsibilities as well, like be able to arrest someone. Okay, that's a good place to end the podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's a topic for discussion. But yeah, um, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. But what about the code, Mark? We nearly forgot. Now, I'm so sorry about this. Like, I'm so sorry that we nearly forgot. I mean, not that anyone listening will, will know that, but we, we have just spent the past minute off air saying, oh no, the code. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> your pens and paper at the ready, please. WDPOD411. That code again is WDPOD411. And that is valid for the next week after the release of this podcast. Indeed. Um, and it is for 10% off. 10%, yes. Indeed. So, okay. treat yourself. Have fun. Have fun, for sure. And we'll have fun watching your films. We, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We always get surprised. And we, yeah, who knows? We might chat to you one day if you uh, submit and um, we have you on our podcast. So, thank you very much for uh, everything. All. Bye bye. Bye.